Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello, friends. Uh, Chris Willis here. I just wanted to pop in here and let you know that right after Stephen and I finished recording this episode, in true trade deadline fashion, uh, the New York Yankees went out and acquired Kansas City outfielder Andrew Benatendi. Uh, rather than scrapping the episode, uh, I just wanted to drop in here with a disclaimer. We talked a little bit about Benatendi, but I don't, I don't think it takes away from the whole episode, so we're going to run it as is. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Battery Power Podcast Network. I am Chris Willis, and I'm joined again tonight by my good friend, Stephen Talbert. Stephen, how you doing? What's up, Chris? Yeah, we, uh, we're we back. We took a week off, obviously, during All-Star break, but we're back, and there is quite a bit to talk about. We have You and I were talking. It's funny how quickly things change from, from the last time we recorded till now, so we got quite a bit to get to tonight. Yeah, we actually put together a uh, trade deadline primer, what, two episodes ago, I think, one episode ago. And, um, you know, I think a lot of it needs to be updated now because, like you said, uh, just how quickly things can change. When we last talked, we kind of thought they uh, it was going to be a quiet deadline that all they really needed maybe was a reliever and a, and a bench player. Uh, but, you know, since then, a lot of things have happened. There's a couple of other things to be concerned about. And I think the biggest of which is Adam Duvall going down with a season-ending uh, wrist injury. Now, I wasn't 100% sure where Duvall uh, hurt himself. I know they it was a play, a foul ball that he kind of he kind of got both hands up against the wall, but it didn't look uh, – you know, it didn't look uh, too serious or too – he stayed in the game initially. But uh, test results showed that uh, he needed uh, surgery. I think he had a torn tendon sheath, and he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Um, you know, that's a pretty big blow. I know Duvall wasn't having uh, the greatest offensive season, but he had been better of late. But he's a capable defender and a guy that was uh, able to play all three outfield positions. And if you watch the – we're recording this on – on Wednesday night, and if you watch the game today, you can see they were they could have used uh, Duvall in the outfield today. So, you know, what's your what are your thoughts on the Duvall injury? Yeah, it was super unfortunate. Just, I mean, Adam had struggled all year long, and then it looked like he was really starting to figure it out and really starting to get it. and And as soon as he does, he, he gets hurt and he's got to have surgery and he's out for the year. And you know, Adam's a free agent at the end of the year, so I think it was Scott. Maybe on the main show that was speculating that, you know, that that might be it for Adam Duvall and the Braves. You know, we'll see what happens in the offseason. But super unfortunate. Um, he's a really good guy. If you listen to his teammates or his manager talk about him, I mean, they they don't compliment him. They 
they go above and beyond compliment. They they absolutely love that guy. You know, it's it's going to hurt the clubhouse, but it's going to hurt on the field as well. I mean, there are there are real things on the field that he contributes, even in a down year. You know, playing left field defense. You know, it doesn't sound like an important thing, but if you're a Braves fan, if you've watched any baseball this year, you know it is a very important thing because we saw it again today. The Braves corner corner outfield defense has been uh, suspect to say the least uh, without him, and so uh, there's going to have to be we we put this first on the on the sheet tonight because there's this is one of those moves that you just can't you, you probably just can't eat internally. You're, you're, Alex is going to have to go out and add somebody. Uh, because of this injury because the Braves just really don't have a, a ready-made replacement on this roster or, or in AAA that that can kind of do what Adam does so we said in our primer episode I think two episodes things can always change due to injury and lo and behold that's exactly what's happened this is a definite actionable injury there Alex is going to have to go out and address this before the deadline on Tuesday yeah, I don't think this would be as big a problem as it is if uh, Eddie Rosario was playing anywhere close to what we expected. Uh, obviously, he was he missed a, a lengthy amount of time with uh, with the eye surgery, but since he's come back, he's thirteen for fifty six with sixteen strikeouts. And and you have to keep in mind that four of those hits have came in come in the last two games. You know, Brian Snicker said the other day. Uh, after one of the games, I, I think uh, I think it was Monday actually that, you know, if if Eddie was going good, you know, you might just put him in left field and leave him there. But that's obviously not the case. Now he's shown some signs in, in this Philadelphia series. Started uh, the last two games, had four hits, all of them singles. But you know, at this point, I'm out. When Duvall first went down, my immediate thought was, okay, they'll go out and get a right-handed. Uh, outfielder that can pair with Rosario. But, you know, if Rosario doesn't turn things around, you know, uh, I'm wondering now if they don't need to go out and get somebody that can play every day, whether it's a switch hitter or a right-hander or a left-handed uh, bat, you know, just because, you know, that's a pretty big hole in the in the lineup now. So I'm curious, what, do you, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Rosario? What have you seen from Rosario? Do you have any hope that he can turn things around have you seen anything that makes you suggest that 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 might be the case and if if not you know where do you where do you think they go look what type of player do you think they go uh after yeah it's been a really weird year for Eddie Rosario he obviously started the year just unbelievably bad and then we find out he can't see so he has the eye surgery and then he's been back and honestly he was almost just as bad as before he left, after he got back, and then, you know, you come into these two games and he gets two hits in the last two games. And so you're – I mean, with Eddie, you're honestly just looking for any glimmer of hope, any sign of life to hold on to. Because we saw what he did last year. I mean, he does have talent. He can get hot and be a dynamic offensive player for you. He's never going to be a great defensive player. He's just not that guy. And even when he was, a you know, a young player, he wasn't a great defensive player. Now he's obviously older and – you know, defense certainly doesn't get better with age, especially in the outfield. So it's been such a weird year for him. And, you know, even after the two hits today, I think he has an 18 WRC plus, which is, I mean, if you had told me before the year started that Eddie Rosario was going to have an 18 WRC plus by the by the trade deadline, I mean, I, I would have thought, like, he played in two games, got hurt for the rest of the season. You know, I can't, I just, it's been shockingly bad from him for a long time now. And like you said, two hits last two games so there might be some signs of life but he's still not hitting for any power you know it's it's usually singles you know we saw him last year especially in the playoffs where he was driving the ball I mean, he he was 
hitting rockets, especially against the Dodgers. So I don't have a ton of confidence, if I'm being honest, just because, you know, last year really was a departure from what is normal for him. He's not been a great hitter most of his career. And again, those things typically don't improve with age. So if I'm Alec, and I agree with you, I, I initially when Adam went down, I thought to myself, just go get a right-handed bat to platoon with Rosario. But you know, I don't. I do wonder now if it's not more prudent to go get a full time bat, go get an Ian Happ or somebody like that who can play every day, who can alleviate the need to play Rosario. And if Rosario does get hot, you know, you can potentially platoon him and Ozuna at DH, you know, and keep both of them out of the field, which is probably best for everyone involved at this point. I don't think either one really should be on the outfield much. But yeah, I don't have a ton of faith that Rosario for him. Numbers wise, you know, I, I I said this in the in the off season when they signed him. The people should not expect that, especially what he did in the postseason. I mean, it's just not. He's never really done that in his career. So, um, I if I'm Alex, I go get at the very least I go get a right hander to replace Duvall. But the more I watch, the more I think, man, I would love to have just a full time lefty righty doesn't matter uh, left fielder where Rosario and Ozuna can just kind of split time between the two of them. You know, I think we've we've talked about Marcelo Zuna more than once in this equation, and um, you know, I've resigned myself to the fact that he's probably going to be at DH. But it wouldn't be the worst thing, I don't think, for if uh, if they acquired an, an everyday outfielder, you could at least Eddie could could slide into the DH at sometimes at some point, and uh, you know, still some at bats there, particularly if uh, if Ozuna doesn't get going. You know, you saw it today. I think defense has to be a, a little bit of a priority too, um, just because you know I don't know why what it seems what the reasoning is, but you know Rosario's not been good in right uh, all season. Now, granted, early that was a lot of his time in right field was before before the eye surgery. You know, you know what you're getting from Ozuna. Uh, you know, the arm strength there is is down a, a lot, but you know when you start both of those guys in the corner. That's a that's not a that's not a workable uh, situation. So it will be interesting. There's some there's some names out there. Obviously, I hate talking about uh, trade targets. Typically, mostly because the Braves uh, play everything close to the best. Made they made five trades last year as at the trade deadline as an example, and I don't think there was a rumor that came out of it ahead of time. You know, it was just press release after press release. So take this uh, some of these targets that we're going to talk about uh, with a grain of salt. Ian Happ, I think, is one of the big names. But if you believe what you're reading, uh, it seems like a lot of teams are going to be in on him. Andrew Benintendi is another guy that uh, I know you've, uh, you know, you've you've liked. Uh, we've talked about him before. Guy like Anthony Santander for Baltimore, maybe a Michael A. Taylor. That's a little bit lighter on the on the. Um, Offensive side, although he's hit pretty well this year, but you know he's a great defender and could even spell Michael Harris in center a little bit if he needed to. But I think they need some thump here. You know that's why I'm looking at I'm looking at guys like Benintendi, Happ, and and Santander, or or somebody in that vein. And the good thing is Happ and, and Santander are both switch hitters, so you know that would that would uh, solve a lot of problems. So, you know, I mean, do you have, is, is Benintendi still your favorite um, here or is it, you know, is there, is there another guy that you've, you've kind of seen that might be a little bit under the radar that, uh, you know, you think that might could work out? Yeah, it was funny. I think it was like May. I think it was like back in May when the Braves were having all these troubles in the corner outfield. I think I sent something to our group text that basically said, like, I, 
I think the Braves are going to trade. Like I'm calling my shot. I think the Braves are going to trade for Ben Attendee before the deadline. And, you know, here we are, you know, three months later and it's been funny because it's kind of gone in a circle where you think you need an outfielder. You don't think they need an outfielder. You do think they need an outfielder. And I think we finally settled on, they do need an outfielder. And Ben Attendee is, you know, I have maybe my number one guy just because he, I think he hits for a little bit more power than Benintendi. I think he's a, probably a little bit better hitter. Uh, Benintendi does not strike out team right now. There are a lot of strikeouts on the team. Having a little more contact, a little more walks, has some appeal to it. Honestly, if we woke up tomorrow and the Braves had traded for Ian Happ or Andrew Benintendi, I would be thrilled either way. I'm not going to split hairs, but those are definitely the top two guys. I think a guy outside of your list that the Braves could look at is somebody like Robbie Grossman of Detroit. He's not having a great year, but he still crushes lefties. And, you know, if you're just looking for the right-handed version of, of, you know, or a right-handed platoon for Rosario, then he could be potentially a guy. If Boston ends up selling, I think T.K. Hernandez could be an interesting target just because he's got so much playoff experience. And obviously had that big run with the Dodgers and then the Red Sox. And he's been hurt a little bit this year, but he's 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 making his way back. So I think he could probably be – a target, but they have to they have to add an outfielder. Uh, you know, whether it's Benintendi, whether it's Half, whether it's Grossman, whether it's somebody that we probably will never mention because that's normally what Alex does. But they they have to add somebody. I would I would love Benintendi. I would love Half, but um, it's got to be somebody. It can't be it can't be Gilmo Gilmo Heredia. They need to add, and I think they will. I think this is kind of bumped up to their number one target uh, come come Tuesday. Yeah, and I know one name we didn't mention that I know a lot of people will will ask about is is Jorge Soler, um, who's actually on the injured list right now with uh, lower back spasms. I haven't read anything significant about that injury, but um, you know that could be something that's minor. That could be something that's serious. Uh, you know, you don't know how long it's going to be out, but I think that's a tough fit on this roster. I mean, it's the same story as it was during the off season. It's a tough fit because you already have Marcelo Zuna. That's not helping the. Uh, it's not helping the defense at all, uh, even though he was passable last year uh, in left field during the during the stretch run. But you know he's he's another guy that's interesting. I can't. I think he signed a three year deal. I believe there's opt outs at the end of at the end of each of those uh, years. But at the same time, with the season that he's had, I can't see him really opting out. So you know that would be something that would be an interesting move. If they went that way, Soler is interesting because just the history, right? I mean, everybody, even 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 in a down year, the Braves announced they traded for Jorge Soler. The first thing everybody's going to think about is last year and what he did. And you know, he wasn't having a great year last year when they traded for him. That's why they got him for so cheap. And then obviously he just took off and eventually won the World Series MVP. So you know, I said this to you, I think, but I have a hard time seeing Alex going out and getting another outfielder who can't play defense I think they got bit by that in the offseason I think they thought they could make it work on defense they knew they would be bad but I didn't think they thought it would hurt them as much as it has this season and I'm guessing that's a mistake they're not going to make again you know if there's a situation where you can maybe clear Ozuna and get Solaire then that makes some sense right you could just do Rosario and Solaire at DH or one of them and left even though it's not ideal but I don't see a scenario where Marcelo Ozuna, Eddie Rosario, and Jorge Soler are all on the same roster. That 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 just doesn't fit. I would be very surprised if that was the the route they took. I think they're going to end up going somebody, going get somebody that can play. They're comfortable putting out in left field every day. Soler is a fun name, but and you know who knows? Maybe that's the name that ends up getting getting done. But I, if I had to 
put money on it, I would put money on somebody a little bit more, a little bit more defensive ability. Yeah. And I agree. And I'm glad you mentioned Robbie Grossman. He's had a terrible year by all metrics, but you know, you got to remember if you just look back a year, every one of those deals, the, uh, the guys for Eddie Rosario, uh, Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, none of those guys were, uh, you know, having monster seasons, uh, but there was there was underlying things that made you think they could turn them around. I think when the Braves made those trades, I don't think they ever thought that they'd get the type of production that they actually got. You know, down the stretch, I don't think anybody could have predicted that. But you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them. It's a little bit different situation, but I wouldn't be surprised for them to uh, go with a guy that at, at first look we're gonna everybody's gonna look at his numbers and say, uh, you know, this how's this guy gonna help? But there might be something underlying there that uh, that the Braves see that they think they can they can fix. That's something that that that's something that Ivan talks about. You have an MO of going and getting guys who's, you know, batted ball profile and expected numbers are a little higher than maybe their actual numbers. And, and there's something that they feel like they can kind of squeeze a little bit more out of. And, and so you, if you want to go do some, you know, sleuthing for yourself and try to figure out who they get, you know, go look at guys who can play left field pretty decently and, and maybe underperform their metrics a little bit. Because that's, like Ivan says, that's kind of always been Alex's MO. You know, that's why they got Ozuna in the first place. You know, the first time they signed Ozuna, he was coming off a really average year with St. Louis, but, you know, his underlying metrics look so good that they just took a chance on him. So that's definitely an MO with the front office, and it's not going to shock anybody if they if that's what they do again. Yeah, and, I mean, that's one of the reasons it's hard to uh, predict uh, what they might do. And, uh, you know, I mean, we can go to MLB trade rumors or we can go to the athletic and we can get a list of guys that, you know, could potentially move. But, uh, you know, I think the the Braves, Braves may, especially given what they've got to give up, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, uh, you know, they're just not overrun with options. You know, I think they might have to uh, dig through the pile a little bit, you know, so to speak, just to just to be able to find something. Last thing, you know, I mean, just talk about bad luck. You know, when you you, you look back to the off season, they bring back out and make the decision to tender Adam Duvall, bring him back. You like you said, to sign Eddie Rosario to a two year deal, and both of them, uh, Rosario missed. I think nearly two months with uh with the eye surgery, and now Duvall's going to miss the remainder of the season. Just really bad luck, you know, as far as that goes. Um, you know, it's just it's a tough break. It's a tough break for Duvall. I did read that or hear that he was gonna he was planning to hang around the team. So I think that's good. I think in a lot of situations like that, a free agent, you know, that guy goes has surgery and he starts focused on focusing on next year and, and getting ready. But it sounds like he's going to stick with the team and hang around, you know, for the stretch run. So that'll be good. That'll be a good thing for the clubhouse. And I, I, I think we'll get yelled at if we don't at least mention the fact that the Giants have lost seven or six, six or seven games in a row. They might end up being sellers. And there are definitely people that remember Jock Peterson for all the hilarity and, and, and fun that he brought to the team. Uh, and, you know, Snit gave a lot of credit to Jock Peterson for kind of bringing some levity to the clubhouse and, and loosen everybody up. And so we're going to get yelled at if we don't at least mention that there is a possibility that Jock Peterson could be on the market and, you know, the Braves could maybe go that direction as well. Yeah, that, I'm glad you brought that up because I've gotten yelled at enough this week on Twitter. But, um, you know, he's uh, – <laughs> He's, uh, you know, he got off to a really good start. He's been scuffling a bit of late, and he doesn't really help with the defensive pro, uh, defensive problems that the team's got. But you know, sign me up. You know, if they were if they were to bring Jock Peterson back, I'm I'll be uh, I'll be there for it. So you know, it sound that sounds like a good move. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent. 
You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Shifting gears, uh, you know, two weeks ago when we kind of broke down the trade deadline, we we felt like uh, they probably would just go after a right-handed reliever, you know, somebody to maybe fill in that spot of that Luke Jackson had last year that, you know, really never got filled uh, after he uh, needed Tommy John surgery uh, during the preseason so but things a little thing uh, some things have changed i mean my initial thoughts were possibly you trade for if you can't get that type of reliever that you want maybe you trade for a starter and could move spencer strider back to the bullpen my thinking there was not necessarily that i'd want to move strider but with the innings concern uh, he would fill that role and um you know, also at that point, we've got Kirby Yates. It looks like it's it's nearing being back. And I, my thinking was if those two guys could do it. Then um, Ian Anderson went out and gave up five runs in, in the first inning of his last start. And I think and gave up seven in three. And that's really started the, the questions um, uh, around him again. It's been kind of a struggle since the start of the season. He hasn't looked right. I think the velocity's down a tick. The command's but the command's down, been uh, erratic all season, you know, and and he's getting behind in counts, and he he's just not a pitcher that can be successful there. You know, you see you see batters all the time taking that change up, and they're just sitting on the fastball. And I mean, I think they're hitting over three hundred against his fastball this season. If you look at twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, you know, it was the, the opponents hit around two hundred against the fastball. So you know, it, it's got it's you've got a interesting situation here where you know they could probably still use a right handed reliever even with Yates coming uh, but it's probably a more pressing need in the rotation now especially you know with Anderson's struggles and and worrying about Strider's innings total you know where where are you kind of at with this uh with this situation yeah Anderson Anderson's always been a very strange profile you know I remember in the offseason there was a there was an article I think it was Fangraphs I think it was Ben Clements of Fangraphs who wrote an article basically titled how does Ian Anderson keep doing this and the crux of the article was essentially that if you look at his stuff, you know, we can measure stuff, we can measure velocity and spin rate and movement and, and all that stuff. And if you just look at his stuff and all the underlying numbers behind it, there's nothing terribly impressive about any of his pitches. You know, he's a very low spin guy. His fastball is very low spin. His changeup is curveball. He's, a, he's really near the bottom of the league in, in terms of spin rate. You know, a 94 mile an hour fastball that doesn't have a ton of spin or movement. I mean, honestly, in today's game, that you know, that's kind of considered below average, especially in the velocity department. Um, and then an 89 dollars changeup, you know, it's a really 
really close. There's not a big range in terms of the, the miles per hour between his fastball and his changeup. And so there's always been this question with Anderson, like, is he is he a guy that has found a blind spot in the in the metrics, or is he a guy that eventually is going to you know become not quite as good as he has seemed in his first couple of years? And so you know I've always had kind of my eye on Ian about you know is this real because you don't really you know you watch him you don't fully understand how he gets through a lineup more than once and you know he really struggles to get through a lineup three times as we all know but so I am worried about Ian not even just because of the results but because behind those results there are some very questionable things about his you know his, about his repertoire about his kind of pitching profile that makes you wonder if he really can have the kind of success you know as the league figures him out can he really have the kind of success that he had early on in his career and you know Snit still has all the confidence in the world in him we heard that press conference the other day uh, somebody asked if, if that's a possibility to send him down and, and Snit basically said that's Alex's call which took some people by surprise. I don't. I don't know why the, the, the general manager always makes those calls. But but Snid said if it was up to him, he would have him down. Snid does have a decent amount of say with Alex. You know, it's obviously Alex's call, but you know, I think Snid's opinion does matter to Alex quite a bit. And so I do think he's just going to pitch through it. I don't have a ton of confidence just because of all the stuff that's talked about. You know, there are some questions about how his profile actually matches up against major league hitters, uh, major league hitters long term. So. Yeah, I think they need a starter. And we, you know, when you and I talked last or two episodes ago, you know, we we even said then that they could probably use a starter. They're just so expensive at the deadline that, you know, sometimes it's not the route you take. You, you know, sometimes you just bolster up the bullpen to try to make up for the fact that you couldn't get a starter. And maybe that's what they do now. I don't know. We'll see. You know, there's not a lot of starters available, which there never is. You know, that's not anything new. And pitching at the deadline is substantially more expensive than anything else. So they 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 could use a starter for sure. I like your idea of getting another starter, letting Strider go back to the bullpen that manages his innings, which they said they're not worried about, but I don't really believe that. And that also helps the bullpen because that adds another right-handed to the bullpen. And then you got Kirby Yates coming back, but we'll get to the bullpen in a second. But I would definitely add a starter. And he doesn't have to be a front-end starter, you know, between Max and Kyle Wright. And, you know, Charlie didn't have a great game today, but a lot of that was some bad defense and not – not great luck, but um, between those three guys and Strider, you know, a Tyler Molly from Cincinnati makes a lot of sense. Just a guy that's kind of solid. He's not going to kill you every fifth day. I know Scott brought up Noah Syndergaard as his kind of target, which would be fun just because of the Mets history and stuff. But the Angels are definitely going to sell, so that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, they need a starter. They don't need a frontline starter, but they need a. They probably need a fourth for this starter. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Uh, you know, obviously when Anderson was struggling, you know, you got a lot of send send him down. He needs this guy needs to be a Triple A. You know, and I mean you understand it. I mean because it has been a struggle all season. You know, I pushed back on that a little bit. Uh, a lot of people wanted to point at Kyle Muller, who's had a a pretty nice run at Gwinnett this season. But you know, we've already seen those guys up there. And my big thing with Anderson was is I. I've seen him be successful. I do wonder. I haven't looked. Um, I haven't looked deeply, and this may be something that I try to pass off to somebody else. But you know, it feels like something changed a little bit when he had that so shoulder injury last year. Uh, he still pitched pretty well down the stretch, uh, but it was seemed like we were seeing a lot more of this. Uh, you know, he's given up two base runners and in and was doing a good job of minimizing the damage that we saw pretty much this whole season. I do wonder if, you know, if something's changed uh, since he went down. He missed a, a little bit over a month last year with that. But, you know, this is a guy, I mean, this is the same guy that, you know, was in the postseason 
that's had a lot of success. You know, I still remember that start uh, in 2020 uh, against the Reds, you know, where, I mean, he just completely shut them down, uh, went pitch for pitch against, uh, you know, some of the uh, a great starting rotation that Cincinnati had that season. So I've, I've seen Ian have success at the majors, major league level. That's kind of where I'm I'm at. And I think that's kind of where Snit's at. You know, as long as he's there here, he's going to, they're going to pencil him in every, every fifth day. Now, if he continues to struggle like this, then maybe, you know, it forces their hand or whatever but i wasn't surprised at all uh to see him um uh, penciled in as the starter for saturday's game uh back in atlanta against arizona well i don't think alex has much interest and i could be wrong we could see him soon but i don't think you know we've seen uh muller in the in and at the big league level five or six times i think kyle, kyle muller's been at the he's pitched at the majors i think i think he's got five or six starts then it's really the same thing every start. Um, he, he just can't command his fastball. And so I don't know if Alex just has a ton of interest in trying that again. I know people – I know he's had a really good run at Gwinnett recently, and, and that was kind of the name everybody was throwing out when that last Ian start happened. But, you know, I, I kind of agree with you on that. I, I would honestly rather use Kyle's kind of hot run at Gwinnett as, as trade bait than I would as an opportunity to pitch in the majors because – I just don't think he has the fastball command to pitch at the major league level. And I could be wrong. We could see him next time through the rotation if, if nothing changes or if they don't go at a starter. But I, I would almost rather use his kind of really hot stretch as Gwinnett as a way to encourage somebody to take him in a trade uh, for a more reliable starter. I would rather go get a veteran guy that, like you said, has at least had success at the major league level. I like my pitchers to be veteran. I, I'm fine with having young players as position players, but man, there's nothing quite as comforting as having veteran starting pitching. And the Braves already have quite a bit of youth in their starting rotation, and I don't know if they want even more because that's just that's a one-way ticket to inconsistency. So I would love for them to go add another veteran starter just for my peace of mind, I'm sure. Snit is the same way, you know. If you look, if you look at these games, especially these series finale games, the last few weeks, you know, the starting pitching has pretty much been the culprit every time, right? You know, Ian gave up nine. Or he didn't give up nine, but he gave up, I think, seven or eight against the Angels. Charlie gave up what five, five or seven today. There was another game where they gave up seven. You know, they've just really struggled pitching in these series finales and. I think another starter is if so. If a left fielder is the number one target, then another starter is probably just behind that. They just, you know, it's tough. It would be tough to run just the same five they have now. And we need to say, you know, once you get to the postseason, you don't need five starters. Obviously, but, you know, you can use four. And Strider would probably go to the bullpen in that scenario, any, anyways. But. They need to get to the postseason. That's the thing. They have to get there. Yeah, and I want to point out, too, you know, I'm not just picking on Kyle Muller. Um, you know, you can say the same thing about Waskar Yanoa, Tucker Davidson, Bryce Elder. You know, one, the reason all three of those guys had the opportunity to lock down a spot in this uh, in this rotation, and and the you know the biggest culprit was they simply couldn't command their fastball. You know, they just walked too yeah. many guys and, and couldn't. You know, it wasn't pitching deep in the game. It was it was getting out of the third or fourth inning a lot of times. So you know, that's that's the thing. You know, uh, for me, and that's that's why I'm I'm apprehensive now. You know, if if Ian becomes that same situation, uh, you know, a few more times, then maybe they have to look internally. But I, I, I think, I think there's an. I've seen enough now that I think they do have to go out and get an arm. And I don't think it's as easy to really beef up the bullpen now just because there's the 13 pitcher limit. 
you know, in, in yeah. 2020, it was really, you know, you could, when you could carry as many as you wanted, you know, I would be saying now, yeah, they're going to go out and get a couple of relievers. And if they can get their starter through three innings, you know, that that's fine. They'll turn it over to the bullpen, but it's a little harder now um, with just the 13 player limit. So I, I really do think that uh, they need to go out and get a starter. And, uh, you know, and I think uh, maybe that'll be, that like you said, now that we're talking about it, I feel like you know it might be running neck and neck with the with the outfielder there. Uh, but I do think they got to do something. And you bring up a good point about the pitcher limit. You know, there is kind of a renewed, and this was part of the reason why they renewed emphasis on starters now, just because you can't carry as many relievers. You know, you can't shuttle them back and forth the way you used to be able to. They've they've added some rules to kind of limit that, mainly because the games were just getting absurd. You know, there was a pitching change every, you know, once the once the bullpen came in, there was a pitching change every two batters, it seemed like. And so they really tried to curtail a lot of that. And so, you know, the emphasis has moved. It won't change in the postseason because the postseason will always be about bullpens, but it has changed a little bit in the regular season where starters matter more. And and so, yeah, they, you know, you used to be able to go get some bullpen and, and, and cover up the fact that you didn't have maybe a, a great set of five starters. But I don't know if you can do that now. I think you I think you really need five and probably six, you know, decent major league starters to get really get you through kind of the, you know, you got August coming up. You know, you never know how Strider's going to react when he gets over these innings that, you know, he's never pitched before. This is the first time Kyle Wright's ever done this at this level, so you have no idea how he's going to respond in August and September. Charlie Borden's 38 years old. You know, anything could happen with Charlie. Max has not looked himself lately. You know, he's still been good. He's still a very good pitcher, but, you know, he hasn't been maybe the dominant version of himself really since that Mets series, you know. And then you have Ian Anderson, obviously, who's a big question at this point. So, yeah, there's enough concern. All right, you know, that's two uh two pretty big areas that we think they need to address. Um, you know, let's do a little quick a quick lightning round here. Um, final thoughts on the bullpen. Kirby Yates had his um uh rehab assignment uh, shifted to Gwinnett. I think it's going to he's going to be here soon. Uh barring anything, uh he's looked pretty good. I might just kind of see what he looks like at Triple A, but he, you know, as we were just talking about the thirteen pitcher limit, you know, that's that's going to be an interesting bullpen decision, uh, especially given what we've seen of late. You know, who whose spot do you think um, is up for grabs when Yates comes back? Yeah, bullpen is going to get very interesting because you know, let's face it, Will Smith has been the worst reliever on the team for a while now and you know he makes 13 million dollars and he was a world series hero not just world series but the whole postseason last year he was just lights out but professional sports is a what have you done for me lately you know that's that's just a rule of law in professional sports and i could definitely see a scenario. i don't think they would cut will smith I, I think that's too harsh but i could definitely see a scenario where he catches a phantom il trip honestly i think a lot like darren o'day caught you know i'm not saying darren o'day is not really hurt but you know, I do think there was a conversation about using the IL stint for him to maybe catch his breath. And I think Will Smith is, you know, if, if, if it's me right now and Kirby Yates is coming back tomorrow, I think it's got to be Will Smith. I think you got to talk to Will and say, hey, we're going to do an IL stint just to try to let you catch your breath 15 days and we'll, we'll reassess. And, you know, you, you, you never know what's going to happen in 15 days. You might have an injury or whatever. So, but I just don't see how you can justify sending down Dylan Lee, Jackson Stevens. I, you know, these guys have just been so good and so reliable. You're definitely, you're obviously not going to send down Jansen or Minster. I guess they could do something with Matzik. 
you know, I don't really know what they could do. They could do maybe another IL stint. I think ultimately that's what it ends up being is just a, it's going to be an IL stint that opens up a spot and they'll just kind of shuffle it the rest of the way. But I don't, I, I don't think you can option down one of the younger guys who's been so good. Yeah. I mean, just to, just to kind of, uh, go full circle here jackson stevens doesn't have options uh but you know i think we were what we were just talking about i mean you saw him come in the other night and he he pitched three and a third behind ian anderson other and saved you know pretty much saved the bullpen um you know and having a guy that can go down there and give you one inning or can give you multiple innings uh you know is pretty valuable dylan lee does have uh options but you know to me he's kind of taking smith's spot you know you're seeing him in a lot more high leverage situations than what we were doing you know if we'd asked this question a month ago i'd have said there's no way uh, that uh, will smith's going to be the odd man out but i tell you the more and more you know when you watch him pitch right now and the way he's struggling i think they got to do something and um you know and it's going i don't i don't think they can afford to uh, the easy thing would be to option lee but i just don't think they can afford to do that right now so that's going to be something to watch over the next week uh it's going to it's going to be real interesting uh the bullpens when, once the roster limit came in there, you know, we've had this discussion two or three different times. And, uh, you know, I never dreamed that uh, Will Smith would actually be, and he might not be, but he certainly looks like he's the guy that might be on the bubble. Yeah, I agree. All right, uh, let's talk one last thing. Uh, you know, when we we did this trade deadline uh, uh, piece a, a couple uh, weeks ago, we talked about uh, it thinking they were going to add a, a left-handed bat, maybe that could play second. Um you know, I think second base is worth at least looking at. It, it still wouldn't be. They obviously have bigger priorities now, uh, with given what's happening in the outfield and and in the rotation. But uh, you know, Robinson Cano hasn't really provided the uh, lift that I think a lot of people were hoping. And um, you know, as the Albies, we still haven't heard any more uh, updates there. You know, there was a, I think Alex actually told Jeff uh, Jeff Schultz in the Athletic that. You know, late August, uh, start of September. Brian Snicker was asked about it a few weeks or a few days ago, and and pretty much said, you know, there's no time frame until those guys go out on a rehab assignment. So, you know, I think it's still very much up in the air. Uh, second base is still a question mark. Orlando Arcia has has hit a little bit. You know, he had a big home run, I know, against the Angels and Shohei Otani. But, uh, you know, that's still – that situation hasn't gone away. It's just it, uh, it seems like they've got some other areas now that are have become bigger question marks. Yeah, it's funny. When we did this, you know, a couple weeks ago, second base was kind of the biggest issue we were talking about. Obviously, Duvall wasn't hurt, and the pitchers were all pitching better. And, you know, obviously a lot's changed since then. And, and I think – I agree. I think second base is probably – drop down the list of priorities. I think one thing that's interesting is, you know, they haven't really been, you know, they, they haven't really given much in terms of an update on Ozzy. We've talked about that a couple of times. I think that's on purpose. I, I, I really don't think they know. And I think we'll know what they think internally about how likely it is that Ozzy is going to come back by what they do at the deadline, right? If they go out and get Brandon Drury from the Reds, it's not hard to see where they might be, you know, afraid that Ozzy's not going to make it back this year. But if they, you know, if they cut Cano, and I think they are going to cut Cano here pretty soon, he's just, he doesn't really provide anything, honestly. He doesn't provide offense or defense or base running, really anything. So I think, I think he'll get cut pretty soon, you know, but if they let Arcia just play second, Arcia hasn't hit much lately, but he's at least playing really good defense. A lot of times a manager is, as long as you're playing really good defense, you know, they'll let you kind of live at the bottom of the lineup. And 
if they go get just some, you know, kind of a, a bench piece, a depth piece for the infield and, and let Arcia play second, then I think it's pretty clear that they feel like, you know, Ozzy's going to make it back, you know, for September. So I think a lot of, I think we'll learn more about Ozzy's situation from what they do at the deadline than we have with any updates that we've gotten since he got hurt. Yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, that it's again how we started this uh, episode, you know, just how quick th- quickly things can change because, uh, you know, that was two weeks ago. That looked like the most pressing need along with maybe a right handed reliever. And now, you know, I'm, I'm to the point now, you know, you know, I've been critical of Orlando Arcia, but I'm to the point now where just, uh, you know, let him play every day, let him, play defense and if he hits if he runs into a homer or two you know that's just it's great if they can address those other um, areas I think that might be the the way to go until Ozzy's back you know we've talked about a lot of potential uh, acquisitions a lot of holes here to fill Uh, but you know I think the big thing we have to remember is, uh, you know, this Braves farm system has been kind of depleted. Um, we've talked about that. I think it might be a little surprising, uh, who they might be shopping. Uh, you mentioned Kyle Muller earlier. I think there's a good chance that if they have to, if they pull a big, a big deal that, um, he might be in it. If you, uh, you know, you, we've talked about Waskar, Yanoa, Tucker Davidson, uh, Bryce Elder, even more recently, Freddie Tarnock and, and Jared Schuster have been promoted to, um, to Gwinnett as well. Uh, that's a pretty crowded situation now, uh, it, you know, for the rotation down with the stripers, um, you know, which of these guys do you, are these the, is this the pool that you you're looking at that, uh, could possibly be on the move if the Braves do have to swing multiple trades next week? Yeah, this is the group. You know, especially if they're going to go out and get a decent name. You know, if you're going to go out and get Ian Happ, you know, that that's going to be real prospects, right? You know, when they made their trades last year, they picked a bunch of guys who were having the greatest of seasons. And so they were able to get them for relatively nothing. I mean, the fact that they got Adam Duvall for Alex Jackson is still mind-blowing to me. Um, but, you know, if you go out and get an Ian Happ, if you go get an Andrew Benatendi, if you go to a Brandon Drury, you're going to have to give up a prospect that you've heard of before. You know, last year we gave up prospects I literally never even heard of. So, and I don't follow the minor leagues as close as our team does, but, you know, I follow it pretty closely and I still never heard of some of those guys. So I do think that's the group. It's interesting because the Braves are kind of long on, you know, uh, 4A pitchers. You know, I don't know if any of these guys are going to be elite major league pitchers, but they're probably decent depth. And, you know, depending on the name, somebody like that could be interesting to another team. I do think Vaughn Grissom is going to be an interesting name if they want to go out and kind of make a bigger splash. You know, Vaughn, you know, the minor league guys will tell you this. There's a good chance that Vaughn's probably not going to stay at shortstop just because he's such a big guy. He's got a big frame. Third base or second base are probably going to end up being kind of the positions for him. You know, and if you look at the Braves between Austin Riley and Ozzie Albies and, you know, Olsen, um, and obviously they've got to do something at short, but, you know, if you don't think Vaughn Grissom's going to be a shortstop, then there's really not an obvious place for him because they're going to lock up Austin Riley, I think. I don't think they're going to actually let him go in a few years. And with that being the case, you know, Vaughn Grissom could be a very interesting name. He's having a great season. He's already in double A. He's got a really low strikeout rate, which is a big deal. You know, if they were going to swing a big trade, and I think they might, I think this is maybe the year where they go all in a little bit and trade, you know, multiple of these guys that we're talking about. You know, Grissom could be the centerpiece. And they could go out and get a really good name, maybe a left fielder, maybe a starter. But I think that's, you know, it's funny. We talked a couple of weeks ago how we thought it could be kind of a quiet deadline for the Braves. So much has changed since then. I think 
you know, I think there's a decent chance that the Braves could swing up a fairly significant trade before Tuesday. And I think Vaughn Grissom, you know, Muller, Tarnock, Schuster, Enoa, Davidson, Elder, all those guys are the names to watch. I don't think the Braves are going to give anything away from their big league club, but I think they're going to be aggressive with these guys as, as kind of trade currency. And I think Vaughn Grissom probably leads the list. Um, but It'll be interesting to see because, you know, the, Alex has always had this reputation of not really trading prospects. And then, you know, he made this huge deal for, for Matt Olson and traded away, you know, uh, more top prospects than one deal than he ever has, basically. And, and so now I really get the feeling that they're going to kind of go all in this season and trade a little and trade some more of these guys and and really see if they can't build another you know, build a team that has another chance at winning a World Series. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I've kind of listed and separated them into a couple of lines. I think if you're dealing for guys that uh, have um, team control beyond this season, then you're looking at the Grissoms, the Mullers, Tarnock, and uh, and Schuster. If you're building, if you're looking for guys like uh, like what they got last year with, that are on expiring deals, then you're looking maybe more, at, you know, a Davidson, Elder, you know, maybe others throughout the throughout the system. I do think it's important to kind of kind of point out that. Uh, you know the situation's changed for Atlanta. I know we we've we've talked at length about at length about how the um, the minor league system has sunk down the rankings and and such. And there's going to be people that are going to be up in arms for us uh, suggesting that they would trade their top prospects now, given how weak the system is. Uh, but you know the Braves arrived last year. They won the World Series. Uh, the goal now is to get back. And, um, and like you said, I think the, the rotation's, uh, young enough and it's, it's probably as young as they really want it to get that they'd probably like to reinforce it. So now, you know, you're going to see, you were to the point where you're going to see some of those, that prospect capital, uh, cashed in, uh, and maybe, you know, and even, a you know, I think I would be a little slower maybe to move Grissom just, I don't know, but I mean, I wouldn't let that stop me from making a, an impact deal, you know, if you could get it. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking in Slack the other day about a guy like Brian Reynolds for Pittsburgh, you know, I'm just throwing names out there, but I think, you know, that's the type of, uh, that's the type of deal that you could see those top line, top line guys move for. And I think, you know, maybe even, you know, Freddie Tarnock's got to have a, a little bit of appeal to him and, and Jared Schuster's had a nice season too, and, and is right there at triple a now. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be uh pretty wild to, uh, to see next Tuesday to see how it ends up. Uh, you know, again, two weeks ago, I didn't think they were going to do much, uh, but now it's shaping up to be a, a pretty important deadline because, you know, teams like the Mets, the Dodgers, these other contenders, they're not going to sit on their hands. They're going to go out and try to and try to fortify themselves as well. So, I, I you know, I think the Braves, I think the Braves are going to do that and think it's going to be uh, it may go. They may go completely off the page and we may not have talked about anybody that they're going to acquire. But I do think they're going to add some reinforcements to the roster. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big deadline. Because like you said, the Mets and the Dodgers are going to make moves. You know, and the Mets are a good team. You know, I think people may be still expecting the Mets to collapse here at some point. But I really don't see that happening. I think the Mets are a really good team. I think they're going to add. And the Braves are going to have to add. This is a win-now team. You trade future future talent for present talent when you're trying to win now. And I, I think that's what they're going to do. All right. Well, uh, I think that's a good place for us to uh, wrap this thing up. Um, 
you know, we'll, we'll be back next week. Uh, it'll be after the, uh, after the deadlines pass. So I'm sure we'll be breaking down whatever does happen and, and where they're at. And it'll be in the, right in the middle of, um, a huge five game series in New York. So, you know, that'll be fun. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add? Any final thoughts? Nope. Just check out the site. We've got so much content we've been talking about for weeks, but obviously we just had the all-star break. We just had the draft and now we got trade deadline and we've got just a ton of content. You know, we've got a full prospect net or a full uh, podcast network and just so much content, Brad and Scott and Eric do the main show. And, you know, obviously Sean does the daily hammer and then the road to Atlanta guys. And we're back and running every week with, with this show, which we still have a name by the way. So if you have any suggestions, help us out. But, um, yeah, just come check out the site. 